Oh, hey, Playtoon. Welcome home. I know, it's me. In your house, on your lounge, watching your Netflix. Eating your popcorn. Why am I here? Turns out, I can't stay in Land of Pot all the time. Sometimes I've got to come to Meat Space. Or it's like that Freddy Savage movie, where like there are monsters under the bed and he can't stay under the bed all the time. Or like that. So, you know, I'm here. Oh, you mean, how did I get in here? Magic. I'm just kidding. It was grappling hooks and a hammer. By the way, you should really fix your window. Literally anyone can get in there now. Anyone. I thought, because of these rules about Land of Pod, that I should use this time in meat space to tell you why you should watch the things I usually tell you just as you're about to leave, and then there's no time. So I thought, if I sit on your lounge, eat your popcorn, and start telling you about things you should totally watch because it's important, you would get a lot out of that. You can eat popcorn too if you want. I mean, I'm. this is my popcorn, but if you make your own, go for it. I just feel like if I bring myself and popcorn, that's undue burden on me to bring more things to the table than you are, you know? I knew you'd understand. I also thought, since I blame Kiefer Sutherland every time I'm late taking you through the land of Pod, I should start this little meat space arc by explaining why the TV series Designated Survivor is so good, because he's in that. In American politics, they have a designated survivor. It's a real thing. So when the State of the Union is taking place, a cabinet member is taken to a secret location just in case life gets real. And designated survivor is about that. You probably worked it out from the title. Senator Tom Kirkman is played by Sutherland and is the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, an unelected, unknown and pretty unambitious guy. And he has also been named designated survivor. Plot points happen and he becomes president, because everyone else is dead. That's not a spoiler, you can work it out by watching the trailer and it's been out for like a season and I already told you to watch it, so... I can really connect with Kirkman on this one point because majority of jobs and relationships I've gotten is through a serious lack of anyone having any other options. So, default for the win, am I right Mr. Kirkman? President Kirkman? Tom? Feel we're close enough to be on first name basis now? So why does your Twitter feed seem to explode with Designated Survivor and why is it smashing every expectation? Because it's a political drama that mixes West Wing with 24 and speaks to our escapist needs in the current political climate we find ourselves in. That's all you need to know. But if I left it there, it'd be a pretty short podcast. And this popcorn's really good. The first thing I think people like about it is that it's political. We love to watch political dramas and comedies and anything to do with politics. We all want to be in the room where it happens. In movies, you've got the Ides of March, Frost Nixon, even Dave, the Queen, in the loop. Then there's television series like The West Wing, The Crown, House of Cards, The US and British versions, The Thick of It, Veep, Yes Minister, and then... Yes, Prime Minister, and even the new statesman. Here in Australia, we have telly movies about our Prime Ministers and some amazing satire like that scene in The Hollow Men or the interviews done by a duo called Clark and Daw. John Clark actually passed away today, but I'll post some of their greatest moments in political commentary in the podcast notes, and I think you'll really like it. See, be it comedy or drama, we take an interest in seeing how that sausage gets made. So it's no surprise when anything political gets interest. We like political. We may not like politicians. We may not like talking about politics. But we like seeing it. 
Designated Survivor, though, is a different brand of political than we usually see. It's wish fulfillment. All the others have to draw cards of making fun of or making comments, but Designated Survivor is about scratching that itch that we all feel, filling the void that we know is there for us between getting what you wanted and wanting what you got. There's a great article, which I'll link, about how it's different from West Wing and, and why that's good and what we need. West Wing is good, I think. I saw one episode. No, I'm not going to see the others yet because I have a lot more things to watch. Just you wait. It's on my list, I promise. But West Wing is about a democratically elected, known and loved president who was, I assume, also loathed and despised by some people. Designated Survivor is about a guy who no one knows, but everyone has to trust, at least in the beginning, because literally they have no one else. And luckily, he's a good guy. Not that he always gets treated that way. I'll put it to you like this. Every politician we see in a political drama or comedy gets to where they're going by agreeing to things they don't agree with, or by being, such as in The New Statesman, a real bastard. They trade. They barter. They do what needs to be done. Bartler would have had to have done that in the West Wing, but Kirkman never has. And every alliance that was ever formed on the Hill is gone. It's a reset. And who wouldn't love a reset? Not the way it's shown in Designated Survivor, that would be terrifying in real life, but everything is so complicated and has been so complicated for so long. It's just tiring to think about it. Even the ones who want to do good are beholden to party politics or promises they made. They don't want to or don't want to make promises, so they don't get further. So a show like Designated Survivor is just the kind of escape we want. Some basically nerdy guy taking over and trying to do good. A guy who only made promises he wanted to keep didn't get further and then becomes the president. He's surrounded by people who also want to do good but are maybe disenfranchised, who've become jaded by the processes that used to rule politics. Now that everything's gone, they can have faith in a system again. And there is something satisfying about seeing an intelligent person who everyone underestimated, no one believed in, and who was openly mocked at some points, ascend to what we're told is the highest position of power on Earth, and still not be a complete and utter douchebag about the whole thing. Which brings me to the second reason I love Designated Survivor. It's always weird to hear people refer to the US president as a role being the most powerful on Earth. Because, like... That's where I am. Earth. And I don't know, it would feel weird to say that about anyone leading my country, which exists on Earth, but is in America. It just seems boastful. I don't know whether that's a cultural thing or not. In Australia, we're not really big on people boasting. But because of that cultural difference, I also wonder whether I get an added layer of enjoyment or entertainment because I'm not American. This is really strange to me. American narrative that comes to power and politics that I don't think we really experience it here in Australia. For a start, in Designated Survivor, there's this governor who basically takes over his state or region or whatever, and he ignores the president. I just don't see that even occurring to most of our politicians as something they can do. I don't think they actually can either. And that's all the way through the series of all these different politicians around Kirkman grabbing for power. I'm not saying our politicians are better, but it seems so cutthroat and so obvious and public in the American shows. And there's always this, well, I have the constitutional right to do this, or I have the constitutional right to do that. And 
It just doesn't happen here. And that theme of words having power runs throughout the whole series. And it's kind of like watching a dark fantasy. You know, if they say the right words at the right time, they get unprecedented power and can give powers to other people to go and hunt down their enemies. But if they say the wrong words, they open up a can of worms. It's like seeing dragons debate, but in a country that I know actually exists and the dragons are people. Politicians. Politicians are people. They can be. Some might be lizard people, so you know, bit of both there. I just, I find it really interesting. I find the language really interesting in all political shows, but in this one specifically, it feels like words, the exact way someone says something, determines the next step. And there's a lot of God mentioned as well. I mean, a lot of God for an Australian audience anyway. When Kirkman says, God bless America, it's really dramatic and you feel it. He's saying something truly important and heavy. In Australia, we just don't say that. And that drama around words and the words that are used, I'm not sure if it's a true representation of what actually happens in America. But to see it in a TV show, when it's so foreign to what I'm used to, like RPM would never say, God bless Australia. I don't think that's going to happen, at least not for a while. It's compelling. You have to keep watching because what's going to happen next? What next series of words, what next series of images is going to be invoked to unlock that next little bit of power and, and change? And maybe it's just because that adds drama, but it's kind of strange to see and entertaining. On the other hand, Kirkman is given so much power. Almost immediately after being sworn in, Kirkman gets shown the missile codes and starts being pressured to fire the missiles. Then there's this real frenzy around anything that could have the world perceive them as weak. He's told to take off his glasses because it's not presidential. He and his wife's stations suddenly skyrocket. There's this 10 second moment where Alex, Kirkman's wife, tells Seth, speechwriter played by Cal Penn, just call me Alex. And he doesn't even meet her eyes when he says, no ma'am, you're the first lady. Like she's royalty. But I live in a country where the PM refusing a sausage sandwich made headlines, so not exactly pointing fingers. Feels oxymoronic, if that can even be used as a verb, to see a country that is famous for rising up against the monarchy, to treat their president and his wife like royalty. Which brings me to preordained rulers. As I've said, I'm not American. I'm also a big fantasy buff, so maybe that's helping me see something that's not there. But I like that I can see in Designated Survivor the idea of born to rule being able to be applied to literally anyone. The moment this popped into my head was during the first episode. It's a scene that won me over as a designated fan for at least the next season. At this point, Kirkman is president. Majority of his friends and colleagues are dead. And he's meeting with an ambassador whose country looks like they're making war moves. When this is happening, all we've seen of Kirkman so far 
Is a guy shuffling around in his dressing gown making dad jokes, then being treated badly by co-workers, then he's in a hoodie throwing back a brewski and watching the State of the Union when life gets real. He's had a few minor panic attacks because who wouldn't? But he's a normal guy in an unusual situation. Now we see him in this sharp black suit. He is stone-faced. He speaks low and slow, the way only Sutherland can, and he's meeting with this ambassador. And he owns the conversation. Dude goes from average Joe to presidential in no time. Made me think about the idea of born to rule. Usually, when those words get thrown around, they're in reference to the horrible history song, or in relation to a select few among us who, inexplicably, were born with the base stats loaded in charisma, intellect, and strength. In this case, though, it seems to be restating that idea that all Americans apparently get told, which is that anyone can be president, and then showing the rest of the world, through the character of the ambassador, that no matter how many of the leaders are killed, someone capable will just step up to take their place, no problems. I feel like that's a pretty powerful message to send about an entire country. Or it was an excuse to get Kiefer Sutherland in a suit and threatening someone. I'm down with that too. Don't be fooled. I love that this series is about politics, but there are explosions too. Lots of explosions. Like every episode, someone's getting shot at or killed or blown up or threatened. I mean, the main story is about Kirkman, and while its brutality is not quite as ham-fisted as Game of Thrones has become, don't expect everyone to get a free ride. There's something serious happening because, oh yeah, everything got blown up. So, there's another element of this show that is all about investigating that. And even better, the main butt-kicker in this series investigating it is Maggie Q, playing FBI agent Hannah Wells. That's right, the Jack Bauer of this series is not played by Kiefer Sutherland, but by Maggie Q, who is single-minded in her pursuit of anyone and everyone who had a hand in the plot to bring down the government. She even comes with your standard computer geek who makes Facebook trace of your web fingerprints seem like child play. On top of that, there's the sets. The people. Oh, the people. You know, it's not just all white people in the White House in this series. All of the women are strong with varying degrees of sass, and they're all basically good people. I think that's the really great thing. Even if they start out a little unlikable or untrustworthy seeming, they either change to be better, or you get to understand why they're so standoffish, pain-in-the-butt type people in the first place. But more than that, it's when they change. It's the effect Kirkman has on them to make them show their better selves. And you want them to succeed. You want them to be safe. And when they're not, you feel it. But it goes without saying. I'm going to say it anyway. My favourite of all these people is President Kirkman. He wants to do good. He sees his job as president as a job. And he's not afraid to ask for suggestions or, or better ways to do things. <sighs> So nice to see a person in power not afraid to look weak by admitting that they might change their mind on a policy, or that maybe they don't have all of the answers. Maybe it's just that Kirkman tells the truth. 
I also think he's cute in glasses, and he brought his family pizza in the last episode, so dude is probably not the Manchurian candidate of this Labyrinthian story of intrigue and drama, but if he is, I'll forgive him. Because, I mean, that could happen, right? What if Kirkman is a plant and doesn't even know it? Oh, ooh, look at the time player too. I gotta go. I've got some Netflix stuff to binge. I'll be back in the land of pod this week, so you should get ready for that mess. Follow me on Twitter at ChaosKittyM or Facebook KittyM. And let me know whether Designated Survivor is for you. We should do this again sometime. God, I love popcorn.